Section 10 of The Ocean A General Account of the Science of the Sea This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Ocean A General Account of the Science of the Sea by John Murray. Chapter 5 The Waters of the Ocean Compressibility, Pressure, Color, Viscosity penetration of light tides waves sieges part two waves though having an apparent forward movement wave motion in the open sea does not involve a massive movement of the water the wave form only moving on while the water particles describe curves and are supposed to come to rest approximately at the points whence they started a strong wind may blow forward the top of a wave making it break and giving it a motion independent of the true wave motion and even should the wave not break, the surface water slips along to some extent before the wind. On advancing from the open sea into water so shallow that the wave motion is sensible down to the bottom, the wave is retarded at the bottom, its velocity and length are diminished, its height increased, and the top of the wave pitches forward as surf. Thus, in strong winds and in shallow water, there is a forward movement of some of the water in a wave, which is then called a wave of translation. On striking ashore obliquely, Waves may give rise to a shore current. Violent storms give rise to waves which run far from their place of origin, diminishing in height but retaining their length and velocity if unobstructed, and constituting a swell or ground swell. The sea surface in the open ocean is probably seldom quite smooth, there being generally a ground swell due to storms in different places, sometimes at great distances. The height and length of waves, and the depth to which their effect is felt, depend on the depth and extent, or fetch, of the ocean in which they occur. The greatest waves are believed to occur in the North Atlantic and in the Great Southern Ocean, where waves 560 feet in length and 50 to 60 feet in height are recorded. Off the north coasts of Scotland, fine particles of sand are believed to be moved about on the bottom at a depth of nearly 200 fathoms during heavy gales from the southwest. Some abnormal waves which have been observed in the ocean are known to be due to earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. Tides The term tide is applied to the periodical rising and falling of the water of the ocean caused by the attraction of the sun and moon. Periodical alternations in the directions of the wind and periodical variations in atmospheric pressure may give rise to alternations in the level of the sea, but true tides are attributed to astronomical causes. It is supposed that the attraction of the sun and moon may affect not only the waters of the ocean, but also the solid crust of the earth, producing an alternating change in its shape, but so small as to be difficult of detection. Anyone living at the seaside must have observed the gradual advance and retirement of the sea about twice in the twenty-four hours, or, to be more exact, twice in twenty-four hours fifty minutes, the average interval between two successive high waters being twelve hours twenty-five minutes. The time of high water thus changes from day to day, and is evidently related to the position of the moon, which passes the meridian on an average fifty minutes later on each succeeding day. The height to which the water rises varies also from day to day, the height from high water to lower water being greatest about the time of full moon and new moon, when the tides are called spring tides, and least about the time of the moon's first and third quarters, when the tides are called neap tides. The tide-generating effect of the moon is more than double that of the sun, because of the very much greater distance of the sun, in spite of its greater mass. 
when the sun and moon are both on the same side of the earth, as at new moon, and when they are diametrically opposed to each other, as at full moon, their tide-generating effects are additive, but when they are at right angles to each other, as at half moon, waxing and waning, the effects are subtractive, so that the spring tides have a range three times greater than the neap tides. It is usual to regard the sun and moon as producing a tidal wave which develops freely in the southern ocean, where a zone of water encircles the earth. This wave has a very great length with high water at the crest and low water in the trough. On passing the opening between Africa and South America, it gives rise to a lateral wave, moving from south to north through the whole Atlantic, producing tidal effects in North Europe and America. Besides this wave, there is formed another tide wave in the Atlantic following the motion of the sun and moon from east to west. The whole phenomena is further complicated by the discovery in the ocean of standing and boundary waves, similar to the sieges which have long been known in the freshwater lakes of Switzerland and Scotland. As will be seen in succeeding paragraphs, attempts have been made to explain tidal phenomena from the analogy of sieges. The rise and fall of the tide is accompanied by currents, especially where obstructions are encountered, and the height to which the tide may rise is determined by the configuration of the land. The high tides of the Severn and of the Bay of Fundy may be mentioned in this connection. Tidal currents prevent the formation of muddy deposits on the top of the Wynantofsen Ridge at a depth of 250 fathoms. J.Y. Buchanan measured tidal currents on the Dacia Bank, and R.N. Wolfenden discovered similar tidal currents on the Gettysburg Bank. Most recently, the Michael Sars expedition of 1910 measured tidal currents in the open ocean down to a depth of 400 fathoms. It was found that the currents at 274 fathoms ran in the opposite direction to that of the upper layers, which again approached that of the currents at much greater depths. In certain moments, the currents appear to be arranged in the form of a spiral staircase, the whole system turning in clockwise direction from top to bottom. Sieges Long-period oscillations in the oceans have now been recognized, but have not yet been carefully observed. As in lakes, they may be of two kinds, the ordinary siege and the temperature siege. 1. A siege is a standing oscillation of the whole body of water in a defined basin. The simplest form of oscillation is where there is no vertical motion at the center point in a lake, and where the vertical motions at the two ends of the lake are of opposite phase. The point where there is no vertical motion is called a node. The surface of the lake at the extremes of oscillation may be represented by the plane and dotted lines in figure 5. We may have two nodes, in which case the phase of the motions of the two ends is the same, but opposite to the phase of the motion of the center of a lake, and so forth for any number of nodes. Some basins are better tuned for seiches than others, and in one lake the commonest oscillation may have two or more nodes, in another the commonest oscillation may be of the fundamental type with one node. The period of the oscillation depends on the shape of the basin. Roughly speaking, it varies directly as the length of the basin, and inversely as the square root of the depth. One effect of a siege is to cause a to-and-fro motion of all the water particles in the basin. At a node, this to-and-fro motion is purely horizontal, and at the ends, it is mainly vertical. Where the wavelength of the oscillation is large compared with the depth of the basin, as is the case in all lakes of any size, then the component of horizontal motion at any point at the bottom of the lake is the same as at the surface vertically above. At every point of the bottom, the motion is tangential to the slope of the bottom. We can, therefore, by observing the current produced at the surface by a siege, find out the current which will be caused at the bottom of the lake. 
the velocity of these currents may be calculated when the shape of the lake is known. These oscillations in freshwater lakes have their analogy in the ocean, and F. A. Farrell explained the currents in the Strait of Euripus at Chalcis by assuming a siege in the Talenti Channel. Japanese observers have shown that seiches exist in all well-defined bays in the ocean, having a node at the mouth of the bay and a belly at the head. The period of these seiches is also susceptible of calculation, given the shape of the bay. Many tidal phenomena could probably be explained in this way. Certainly, the small embroideries on the records of tide gauges in bays or enclosed areas of the ocean are frequently due to seiches. But much longer oscillations may possibly admit of similar explanations. The supposition that stations where the range of the tide is very small or near a node would explain many things. But the problem, regarded as one of standing waves in limited oceans, caused by lunar attraction, is much complicated by variations in the intensity of the lunar attraction at any point on the Earth's surface, and by the rotation of the Earth. Neglecting all such complications, we see that the period of a siege in the Atlantic from Spain to Florida might be about 24 hours, and a binaural siege about 12 hours. Tidal records have not yet been examined carefully with this special object in review. 2. The existence of temperature oscillations in the ocean and in lakes has lately attracted much attention. In freshwater lakes in autumn, there forms a Sprungschicht, or discontinuity layer, through which the rate of fall of temperature is much greater than at other depths. The lake then behaves as if it consisted of two layers of liquid of different density which do not mix. The difference in density is produced by the difference in temperature between the surface and the bottom waters. There is also a marked difference in the viscosity of the two layers. The effect of wind blowing along the surface of the lake, when the temperature distribution is of this nature, is to accumulate the warm surface water at the lee end of the lake. The discontinuity layer is deeper at the lee than at the windward end, but when the wind ceases, the discontinuity layer swings back through the normal horizontal position, and oscillations of the lower layer of cold water commence. No motion is observable at the surface of the lake, but the oscillations of the discontinuity layer are often of great amplitude. These oscillations have a node at the center of the lake, but binodal or plurinodal oscillations are also possible. The period of these oscillations or temperature seizures is determined by two things. One, the shape of the lake basin, and two, the temperature distribution. The smaller the difference between the temperature of the upper and bottom water, the longer will be the period. Mathematical formula have been obtained which take account of varying breadth, depth, and temperature distribution, from which the period of the temperature oscillations can be calculated. Such oscillations are also possible in the ocean, wherever there is a sharp difference in density some distance beneath the surface. The difficulty of recording them, however, is so great that there are no observations which definitely show the existence of long-period oscillations in the ocean. The period of these oscillations must frequently be days or weeks, and continuous observations in one position over a lengthy period would be necessary to demonstrate their existence. Otto Peterson did observe an oscillation in the Skagerrak with a period of 14 days, and on the assumption that this was a temperature siege analogous to the sieges observed in bays by the Japanese, E. M. Wedderburn calculated the period for the Sagragak, which was found to be 14 days. It is possible, therefore, that what Peterson observed was a temperature siege. Whenever we have two liquids of different density superimposed, whether the difference of density be due to salinity or temperature, we may have slow-traveling waves occurring at the surface of separation. Observations in the ocean show the existence of such progressive waves, 
but again there is the difficulty that we must have observations taken continuously for a lengthy period in the same position before we can be sure of the nature of these waves. Their period also depends on the difference of density of the liquids above and below the surface of separation, and the smaller this difference, the slower will be the velocity of the waves, and for a given disturbing force, the greater the amplitude. These waves may be caused by currents in either the bottom or the surface waters, just as waves on the surface of the sea are caused by wind currents in the atmosphere. Dead Water When a layer of comparatively fresh water, several feet in thickness, rests on a salt layer, a passing ship gives rise to a boundary wave, such as above referred to, which may retard or even stop the ship, so that it lies in what is called dead water. End of section 10 Recording by Todd